Welcome to Speed Movie Minute, the podcast where we break down the 90s action classic speed one minute at a time. And where we always try to stay above 50. I'll be your SWAT officer, Roger Wistar. And I am the wildcat behind the wheel, Bentley Michaels. Bentley, you know why I'm so excited about this minute? Because you're not going to get my trivia question right? We finally get to see a bus, which I know, I know, we're going to do trivia in a minute. But, you know, it's, this is oh, yeah, minute that's... 27 of Speed, and this is the first time that we're actually going to get to see, you know, a bus, which the movie is all about. Mm-hmm. This is minute 27 of Speed. This minute starts with Jack responding to Harry with the characteristic naivety of youth. <laughs> and it ends with Bob getting out of his bus for the last time. Yeah. Yeah. Next... Tomorrow is going to well, be. Well, I mean, a very... alive. Tomorrow's going to be. Have to tomorrow's going to be. Oh no! Yeah, you're right. Tomorrow's, <laughs> tomorrow's going to be the last time that Bob. T- today's going to be the last time that Bob voluntarily exits. There his we bus. go. <laughs> I've got. I've got a joke for you. In that, let me see if I can make you laugh tomorrow with my intro. Well, well don't, really don't set it up. Just do it, because <laughs> now I'm going to be like looking for it. Well, maybe it's two days from now, and you don't know. Maybe oh. it's a little fake out. But you're right. Where is my decorum? Tell you what. Since you just you just sprung this trivia question on me yesterday, why don't you go first? Hot shot. Pop, yeah, well, pop quiz hot shot. Um, yeah, I, I was asking you, uh, I asked you who the three writers of the movie Three Amigos was. And I, I, I tell you, I think I, I've maybe seen this movie once. Sure. I'm... I'm I sort of like Steve Martin. I'm not a fan of Martin Short at all. Oh, okay. And is the third person, is it Dan Aykroyd? I think it's Chevy Chase. Who? Oh, okay. So he's, he's all right. Okay. So I have no idea. You told me I would only have to try to get two of them. Is one of them Steve Martin? Yes. Okay. So that was, that's probably the easy one. Yeah. Uh, is the second one. And I'll give you another hint. It's the second one, Harold Ramis. Oh, interesting. I was going to say the the other two are not the other actors in the movie. Um, uh, the, that is a great guess, but no. Then I give up. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, uh, one I of bet them, I'll recognize them. Of course, you will. One of them is Lorne Michaels. because I believe, Oh, from Saturday Night Live. Because I believe this was the year that he was absent from Saturday Night Live. Wow. Okay. And the next one, which I found insanely interesting is randy newman what you got a friend in me yeah or well i mean at at this moment in time he's most famous for i love la exactly uh he's a wait he's the screenwriter yeah steve martin lorne michaels and randy newman wrote this script together that is like the beginning of a very bad joke it's like steve martin lorne michaels and randy newman walk into a bar what happens? They write and three out, amigos. And out comes three amigos. Huh, that's huh, wild. Huh. You know, the thing that surprises me about that is that this is not three amigos is not a property based on a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, I'm not sure if they were doing that yet because, like, I believe he left with. I believe Lauren Michaels left within the first five years that it was on. Well, isn't the very first? Uh, isn't the Blues Brothers based on a Saturday Night oh, Live? Oh yeah, skit? no, yeah, that's true. So they've been doing that. They had been doing that for a little while, but this is not one of those things. Okay, well, well, he, again, he didn't have. He wasn't at Saturday Night Live, so so make a note of that. But hey, there, there, there there's some fun trivia for you because I know you're a trivia man. Uh, that's for you to like break out on other people. 
Yes, I'm going to try to drop my three amigos trivia knowledge as much as I can. <laughs> You're like, but anything after this, I don't know anything about the movie. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't. That's... I don't remember it either. Like, I just know that because I was listening to uh, an SNL podcast with uh, with with Dana Carvey and uh, David Spade, and they were talking about that. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's a fun piece of business for Roger, and I wrote it down. The only other thing I know about Three Amigos is they do that little chant, like "We are the Three Amigos," and then they appear to do the Macarena on their horse. Um, that's all I know. Yep. All right. Well, my turn now. Your turn. My question was way easier. So it, it, here is our 26th uh, trivia question from the official Speed Movie Minute canon. Uh, we'll the, have to make flashcards. The, the word Mazel Tov, which mm-hmm. we heard in the bar last uh, yesterday, uh, is a word that means congratulations in right. what language? You have two possible answers. I would say, well, I mean, it's a Jewish phrase. Like, they usually do it at weddings where they crush the glass and they say mazel tov. Yes. But what's your answer to the question? I would say, I mean, I don't, I would say Jewish? Tell you what, what I'll give you one more try because Jewish isn't a language. I don't know the language. I don't know the. I didn't. Oh, I, I never wow. actually really thought of like the surprisingly the, uh, tricky question. Of tell the, you what, of the you idea. Try, of you it. want one more guess? Well, no. I mean, the only thing I would say, uh, Jewish people say the um, so like Barak uh, the Torah is. Um, uh, uh, oh God, see, let, let's see if Bentley's got it in the punch bowl. Uh, He's reciting his bar mitzvah right now. The yeah, the Torah. It's it's. Uh, I I would say I would say it's well. Obviously, it's a Jewish phrase. So uh, I, you know, I I the 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 language the the title of the language escapes me because I don't think of it in that way because I don't one speak the language. All right. Well, this is a speed podcast, not a trivia podcast. So answer or pass. Jewish. Like I said, try not to blow out the levels on your mic because about 30 seconds ago, you said one of the two correct answers. It could be Yiddish, which is a language often associated with Jewish people from Europe, or the actual language of the Torah, which is Hebrew. Hebrew, God! (laughs) What the Bible's written in! Well, yeah, there you go. And as you've, as you've, you've done a good job of really sort of Talking around this question, it is definitely associated with the Jewish faith. So, Bentley, for you, since I heard you had some good stand-up uh, over the last two weeks, I say to you, Mazel Tov. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bentley, you can't see this, listeners, but Bentley is staring daggers at me right now. I'm so mad. All right. Well, let's get on to these notes. Yeah, so so this is the kind of the second half of uh, Harry taking Jack to school. I would have to say the beginning of this minute is another example for me of maybe not the greatest Keanu acting in the world. Really? I liked all of his acting this week. Okay, well, tell, try to convince me that I'm wrong. I don't, I don't want to convince you that you're wrong. If that's your opinion, then that's your opinion. But like, Okay, well, ch- I, tell me why you disagree. I, uh, I, I just really enjoy it. Like, because I'm like, you know, Keanu, he's had a couple of pops as well. Like, he's maybe not the soberest. You know, he's having a conversation and I just it's like he's like, We won, we got him. And then, you know, Harry gives him like, you know, I'm not always gonna be around. Get you back. Which is I gotta say, that that is one of the most hideously ironic lines ever uttered in film. It's like, oh 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 Harry, if only you knew. 
Yeah, great foreshadowing. And and like uh I just liked it cuz he's just having a conversation and I just think that like whatever we think acting is Keanu isn't like putting on a character right now. Keanu is just talking in a scene. Now we can not like him in like Dracula or the Shakespeare movie or whatever, but then we can like him in John Wick because the character seems to fit with his Keanu personality. But I think if you met Keanu and had this conversation with him, that's how he would talk to you. All right, that's fair. Uh, I will I will defer to your expertise. I, I don't have any I've expertise. Had, I've had I've had no experience in being on stage, so I will I will I will take your word for it. I mean, you can, like I said, like you can not like it because like. I also see the other side where he is sort of being like, oh, man, uh, yeah, but we got him. Like, who cares or whatever? Like, you know, I see those things creep in, but also at the same time, it's like, what am, What do I want him to be? I want him to be De Niro. I want him to be. No, you're right. I mean, you're right. It's fair. Like, like, like name an amazing actor. Like, I want him to be that. No, he's Keanu. So, like, this is him doing this Keanu thing. I'm not saying that, like, there are certain scenes where he's better because. As you said, certain things play to his strengths. Yeah. As far as like the dialogue, the way that it's written. Emotions, maybe, you know, depending on the scene. I don't know. I just thought, you know, drunk conversation between a couple pals. Bentley, can I talk to you about some carnival strippers? Like on the cruise line? (laughs) (laughs) No. So uh, I would love to, if you don't, if you could, if you would indulge me for just a little bit. Um, we don't, we haven't spent a lot of time so far in this podcast talking about the soundtrack of this movie because oh. it's sort of universal, it's universally terrible. I'm not talking about the score. Score is great. The soundtrack for this movie is. I didn't pay attention to the soundtrack. I only listened to the score. Okay. Um, just, just go on Spotify and listen to the speed soundtrack, which okay. is like the songs. We'll talk about one of them in the, at the, in over the closing credits. Cause it's the song speed by David Bowie. And it's awful oh right it is not a great song (laughs) in in this minute and because you i think are also in addition to your many uh talents you're also a musician Mm. there's sort of i don't i mean you probably noticed that there's this sort of tuneless nothing song playing in the background while they're having this melancholy conversation Mm -hmm. i looked it up this song is definitely the song caught as in a thing you sleep on by a band called Carnival Strippers. Have you ever heard of the Carnival <laughs> Strippers? Okay. <laughs> Can I read for you a two-paragraph review of Carnival Strippers? I'm very excited. Okay. It's a little long, but I have to say this is one of the most savage takedowns I've ever read about a band <laughs> in a long time. So this is from a website called Trouser Press. So Take that, you know, 1994. What do they know about music? But here you go. Carnival <laughs> Strippers. The diverse and shadowy sonic intrigue organized by producers David Kirschenbaum and Paul McKenna can't disguise Loie Nelson's clunky songwriting and starchy, uncertain singing on Venus Kissed the Moon, the Milwaukeeans' not-quite-promising 1990 debut. Faced with a finely set table, she delivers an unimpressive menu of warmed-over, made-it-myself disappointments, served with too much audible concern for how they're going over with the guests. Stylishly presented as small-scale jazz pop, the title tune is a minor treat. Nothing else comes close, and the fussed-over artiness slathered on with slathered on to sir with love, all but hides the song completely. That was the first paragraph. Woof. Here comes some more. Hey. Uh, 
Four years later, Nelson resurfaced as the centerpiece of Carnival Strippers, a Milwaukee quartet with guitarist Mike Hoffman, bassist Keith Brammer, and drummer Kirk McFarlane. With such in-house experience, Steve Jordan's supposed production expertise, and a mix involving the usual tasteful Nico Bolas, the awfulness of Reveal, that's their album, is surprising. A distracting tin can snare clank, Endless shapeless songs that oscillate between acoustic folkiness and loud rock spuzz in several familiar flavors, singing that only intermittently matches the instrument's chromatic exertions. Kitchen sink effects where they are truly unneeded. Need to hear any more? That is that is your review of the Carnival Strippers. I hate people that write like that. It's oh, like, really? You, oh, my God. It's like, cool, you went to college and you, and you own a thesaurus. Like, dude... Instead of talking about everything, like, what a garbage review. And that person, I hope they freaking are on the bus later in the week. Like, what a garbage review. All right. Well, but there's a producer. There's probably a reason why they're writing for Trouser Press and not Rolling Stone. Let's just put it that way. I was going to, but even then, sometimes I read, it doesn't matter. Anybody who wants to be witty and urbane or like, I really know what I'm talking about. So I need to write exactly like what you just did in order for people to take me seriously it's like dude put a vest with a bunch of pockets on it and take a hike get out of my face (laughs) uh but steve jordan the guy who produced it he's an amazing drummer and he was the first saturday night live drummer he was the first uh uh he was the tonight show drummer um and then he uh has produced and played for so many different things but like how I came to be known with him is he started playing with the John Mayer trio when they were doing like more blues and jazzy stuff. And then like the two records around like 2007, 2009, I think, uh, continuum and battle studies, Steve Jordan produced and played the drums on both of those records. And he's such a tasty drummer. Uh, snark aside, I'm glad I read that because we wouldn't have gotten those fun Steve Jordan facts. from you. (laughs) And now you know more about drumming. (laughs) I do. I do. All right. Well, tell you what, Let's turn our attention to our next joke of the week. Are you well, ready? I have one little thing before that. Go for it. Uh, I go, I believe this is, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping a tally. I believe this is number three. So I'm not doing a very good cue because I wrote question mark. But this is our, our third, I believe, uh, instance of is Mac the chief or the lieutenant? Because he's addressed both ways throughout, I the, think, so, throughout he, the movie. And so like... I think this is our third instance of where someone either says chief or someone says lieutenant. That was my only note. Can I attempt to try to square this circle? Oh, all right. Well, I, let, let's I think talk his polygrams. Poli- I think his police rank is lieutenant, but mm. everybody views him as their authority, and so it's just natural to call him captain. I think they call him chief, though. Oh, really? Or, or, or do we have a third one? Did they call him My. captain like like before the elevator stuff? Like I thought it was they were calling him the chief because obviously the chief of police was Henry Hill's father uh, from Goodfellas. Yeah, I just assume they're calling him chief or captain or whatever as just sort of a hey, you're the boss. Gotcha. All right, that's what I think. Yeah, that makes more sense. I could be wrong. No, I'm I'm sure you're absolutely correct. Well, let's talk about sex then, Bentley. Oh, gross. Here we go because we get <laughs> we get this line. So Harry gets up. That's what I wrote unsteadily yeah and then he says i'm gonna go home and have some sex and jack says harry you're gonna go, go home, home and, puke. and puke and then harry says well that'll be, that'll fun, be too. fun too so okay so <laughs> let's rate that joke can i go first this time yeah sure 
I th- I'm going to give that another 40. I guess maybe I'm a softie this week. I'm giving it a 45. I've, that joke actually made me laugh. And every time I watch this movie, like when that joke came up the first time when I watched it, I was like, you know, after, you know, 25 years, whatever it was, I was, I laughed so hard at that line. I'm giving it a 45. Actually, you know what? I'm giving it a 48. Because I want wow. there just, I want there to be a little, I want there to be two more spots in case. It sounds case, like this is a Mount Rushmore joke for you, Bentley. In case, well, I think it's one of the funniest in lines movie. in the movie. Or and I, it, I, because I love his delivery, I love that he's like limping off, you know, like he's got his cane. Because the next thing I wrote was Jeff Daniels' limp acting is great. And he's got his cane, he's doing his stuff, and just how he throws it away, he's just like, well, that'll be fun too. And yeah, I'm giving it a near perfect score. And you wrote 40. I wrote 40 because I know there are, there are funnier or equally funny lines coming up, and I just want to give myself a little bit of room. I'm doing the same, only this is just like, this is my type of joke. This is the teacher in me coming out, wanting to not grade too many early papers too high, because then I have no chance to give out any A pluses. Well, yeah. This is, well, a, this is why, an A joke. Yep, for sure. And that's why I went 48 instead of 50. So you mentioned his limp acting, which is, again, great. He's, he's really good at being both drunk and... Uh, he's got the cane. Um, I noticed, so we used to do this thing on Roadhouse Minute sometimes where it was hard to hear called Say What. I don't think we did Say What with you when you were on. I don't think did so. You, did you catch what Jack says to Harry on the way out? It's a little hard to hear. I didn't know if you yeah, picked it up. Yeah, I didn't. I like, he said something. I was like, I should go back. And I was like, ah, Roger will have it. Honestly. Well, I cheated. I mean, I looked at the subtitles, but would you like to know? Yes, absolutely. So on the way out, he actually says... Uh, this is Jack to Harry says, come on, you gimp. <laughs> that's a funny line. I don't think that's that's not a joke. We're not going to rate that. No, but that's no. a funny. That's a funny line. Yeah, it's a fun friend thing to say to him because it's like his partner. But the note that I did write for that that little section is I go, no drunk driving for Keanu. He won't have. Oh. It. Well, OK, so that was my question for you. Do you think that he drives Harry home? That's what I. that was my inference from him like walking by him or whatever because because my thought was like unfortunately i feel like hollywood tv and movies like is littered with the corpses of i hate to say this mostly policemen who seem to feel like the laws about dui don't apply to them i mean yeah i think i think about like every other episode of the wire um sure you know just like you name it like the there's so many cops who drive drunk yeah be- and you and see that was my thought process earlier too because like when he stands up and he's kind of like oh you know they're like all right you know like write yourself and then before he says the cool sexy fun timeline but like that's why my impression like keanu like then comes up behind him and was like come on and that's why he says come on you gimp without the inference of the rest of the line i'll drive you home I hope so. Because, like, later, like, I, I've got a couple of things about uh, Keanu and the coffee shop, but, like, yeah, I think uh, uh, I think that's great. I, I, I honestly think that he drove him home. Well, because he drove him to the crime scene, so why wouldn't he drive him home? And also, you know, granted, that's it's fair. his left leg or whatever, and, you and you know, he right leg, you know, one foot driving or whatever, but at the same time, that's got to be a difficult thing, get in and out with the cane and the blah, blah, blah. It just makes sense that your pal would... Well, I absolutely think that Harry drove himself to this party. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, what, do you think that Jack is, like, chauffeuring his partner around I while he's so. got a cane? I think so. I don't know. I mean, he was he was healthy enough to stand at attention and get an award at City Hall. Yeah, I mean, he was also leaning on the cane. 
it but, seems know, to me like it would be he's been listening to, to carnival strippers and drinking so like you don't know where harry's <laughs> well, at if right he was now. listening to carnival strippers he might have just been so sad that he would refuse to drive but. yeah his head was in a sonic uh, garbage trash can or whatever that person said <laughs> yeah whatever mr thesaurus said all right well tell you what since you mentioned it let's go to the coffee shop or let's 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 go to the next morning, at least. Do you have anything else from the bar? No, no. I said uh, my last note was no drunk driving for Keanu. And then I wrote bus stop Santa Monica where we find and we're finally moving around our map. <laughs> There's a bus. Well, Hit up the Facebook actually, group. So we're not actually going to get to move in a bus this week, but we are switching locations. Again. That's what I'm saying. We're moving and around the map. You're right. And uh, tell you what, we'll talk about the location tomorrow because we're actually going to get a good look at it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, just so you know, just for the sake of trivia, this is the Santa Monica Intercity bus lines, which is totally fake. There is no Santa Monica Intercity bus lines. They made that up for the movie. Uh, we get to meet the character of Bob, who's played by John Capadich. Yep. Who you may hear from later on in this episode, as in perhaps in a trivia question. Nice. Um, he's he's a great actor. He only gets well. I guess I could calculate it. He gets three minutes of screen time in this movie. Yeah, and he's great. I, well, I think he, he he was busy on a, a television show at the time. Popping. Which up. one is that? He he is the owner of Chubby's Diner, uh, in Boy Meets World. So when the oh. like after school burger spot that they go to, he's the he's like the cook. My my two thoughts about him. He's he's a very prolific actor. He's got 156 credits. If you look up his IMDb resume, it kind of sounds like he gets cast as a lot of beefy Italian men, which, no offense, it kind of seems like it's on the nose. But amazingly, never in The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, that that is a weird thing. Um, yeah, but he's always that sort of, like, either, like, goofy, you know, like, you know, garbage truck driver, or, like, you know, he was kind of like a sloppy, you know, like, burger guy wearing, like, a white T-shirt and, like, the white apron that has the grease all over it, like, in the Boy Meets World thing. He always kind of plays, like, that kind of guy. And I bet you I, he's probably, like, done, like, a bunch of background character work for, like, you know, Pixar movies, Disney movies, like, that, you know, like, the guy that gets, like, one or two lines here and there or something. Like, he just seems like one of those guys that's always popping up. And because I saw him, I just went, oh, Boy Meets World. I didn't even think of that. Again, didn't think of that the first two times that I watched this movie. Just watching the minutes today. I am not. Is that the show with Topanga? Topanga, yeah, and Ben Savage. That's yeah. all I know about that show. Yeah, it's all I've right. Never watched it. Well, if you're a couple you years older me, than me. If you showed me thirty seconds of a show and said, "Is this Boy Meets World or Malcolm in the Middle?" I would not be able to tell. Oh, you would, because one has Ben Savage and one has uh, Frankie Muniz, and the guy from Breaking Bad. One, one has Brian Cranston, and the other one has John Capadice. And William Daniels, the voice of Kit on Knight Rider. Wow. Wait, which one is that? Uh, Boy Meets World, the principal, Mr. Feeney, is William Daniels. Uh, and like the second he talked when I was a kid, it's like, hello, Mr. Matthews. Uh, you know, and I was like, that's Kit. Oh, my gosh. That must have been freaky. Yeah, they did a joke about it in later seasons, like where he's like talking out of like this thing with like a light that's moving or whatever. Well, before we finish this minute, I have to say that I think Bob has an adorable pair of driving gloves. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice his gloves? Yeah, I wrote that, I think, maybe in tomorrow's minute or something. Uh, like, when he puts them, like, he's, like, he's fastening them, like, at the at the counter or whatever after he gets his drink. But, yeah, for sure. I guess, I mean, I guess if you spend eight hours a day in the saddle, you need something to protect your hands. Hitting the Hitting the lever, doing the stuff. But also, I just think it's, like, a fun... It's probably something that Bob loves. You know, he's just like, 
been doing this job for however long. You know, Bob's going to get himself a treat. I got some driving gloves. He's like, what do you think? It might even be to, to impress Keanu. He, like, one day he comes, he's like, got these new... Uh... Maybe it's a annual Christmas present from Mrs. Bob. <laughs> it's like, oh, honey, here it is. Oh, you got me another pair of gloves. I got so you sweet. your it's driving the gloves for the year. It's the isotoners. The isotoners. That I like, <laughs> just, like, just like OJ wears. Yeah, laces out. <laughs> We're going to talk about OJ later in this podcast. Did you know that? I'm excited. Oh, good. That's all I got for this minute, buddy. What about you? I'm done. Let's get to that pop quiz hotshot. Let's get my average back up. Here you go. Well, yes. uh, so our question is, mm. in fact, mm. about our man, John Capadice. Ooh. So his next big movie after Speed is a 1996 summer blockbuster directed by Roland Emmerich. Do you need more? Okay, well, I'll, just for our audience, since I know we know our audience likes to play along at home, the tagline for this movie, and I think maybe this just gives it away too much, but the tagline for this 1996 summer blockbuster is, quote, the question of whether or not we are alone in the universe has been answered. And so my question for you is, what is the movie? I see, I already know. I can tell from your face that you know, but you're going to have to wait till tomorrow. Ah, oh, I can't do it! Do you have one for me today? I don't. Oh, good. Okay, good. I don't. Well, then that's it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you all for joining us on today's Speed Movie Minute. Please subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice. Make sure that you're um, hitting us up on Twitter at Speed Movie Men or emailing the show with your questions, your theories, your queries at speedmoviemen at gmail.com. Join our amazing Facebook group curated by Roger himself, Bus 2525, and uh, play play along with Pop Quiz Hot Shop on uh, Spotify or on our Anchor page. And uh, the winner of that, we're keeping tallies, folks, the winner of that gets to go head-to-head in a full-speed movie mini, uh, minute trivia session uh, with me. It's an extra episode. All the links are in the show notes, and we will be back tomorrow with more Speed Movie Minute. But until we do, in the words of Sam the Bus Driver, this ain't no bus stop. 